Our lesson for today is found again in 2 Peter 1, verses 5-7, to but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. And we've been looking at the list of Christian virtues which Peter gives us there, And last time we looked at knowledge and self-control and the time before that, faith and virtue. So today we're going to be looking at this idea of perseverance. Now, this word that's used here, the New King James translates in three different ways in the New Testament scriptures. Sometimes it's translated as perseverance. Sometimes it's translated as endurance, and sometimes it's translated as patience. And I think this idea of patience is actually uh, um, a good idea in connection with this word. When we talk about endurance or perseverance, we think more about uh, um, behavior and about our behavior in, uh, the, in certain circumstances. But when we talk about patience, we talk more about an inner attitude. We might call it submission in those circumstances, submission to the will of God. And the word does embrace, I think, that idea of an inner patience or an inner submission as well as the behavior that goes along with it. So uh, if we keep that in mind, that this word is a little bit uh, more complex than any of our particular English words communicates um, a bit more than any of our English translations of the word that helps us, I think, in understanding this word. But when we take that idea of patience, then we can talk about patience in, in two different ways also. When we talk about patience today, we usually mean, I think, being patient with people who irritate us or who cause some trouble in our lives. And that's not the idea that Peter has in mind here. There is a patience also in adverse circumstances and a perseverance and endurance in adverse circumstances. And that's the kind of patience that Peter has in mind here in 2 Peter 1. Remember, he's talking to Uh, some Christians who were enduring persecution at that time. And there was need, therefore, for them to persevere, to endure, to be patient in this persecution that they were suffering. There is, in the New Testament, a word whose particular focus is on the idea of patience with people. And that word is the Greek word makrothumia, sometimes translated as long-suffering. You have that word, for example, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, when Paul exhorts the Ephesian Christians to um, conduct themselves with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. And you can see how the word is focused on bearing with one another in that setting. That's a word that you find also, by the way, in 1 Corinthians 13, um, in the great chapter that Paul writes there about love. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, 
he gives as the very first characteristic of love, love suffers long. And that's that word, makrothumia, again. That patience with people that is necessary. And of course, we find that word, makrothumia, used also with regard to God. God uh, is long-suffering towards us, patient with us in our sins and in our weaknesses and in our failures to understand him. Now, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 also uses the word uh, for patience or endurance or perseverance in verse 7 as another characteristic of love, and that's in uh, the phrase bears all things believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That bears all things is also this word. And I think that in the verse 4, while he's focused on love being patient with people, here he's talking about love being patient also with circumstances. Bears all things, he says. Believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That patience with people is an important Christian virtue, and perhaps a little later we can uh, devote some time to studying that particular aspect of patience as well. But what we want to focus on today is especially um, the patience in adverse circumstances or the endurance or perseverance in adverse circumstances that is Peter's focus in Second Peter 1. Now, before we go on to that, we should also note that there's one other word that the scriptures use here in this context of uh, this kind of word. And that word is a word which is translated as uh, forbearance. If you look at Romans 2 verse 4, you find that word used of God. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. And uh, Richard Trench, in his Synonyms of the New Testament, says of this word, that's a very temporary kind of patience. It's something that's exercised for a very short term only. Uh, Putting up with something for a time is the idea of that word. But this Uh, word, again, is that patience which we are called to exercise throughout our lives here on earth. Now, the Greek word from which which we're talking about here in 2 Peter 1 is a word whose literal meaning is to remain under. And it's a word that occurs in one form or another about 50 times in the New Testament scriptures. And the scriptures put quite a lot of emphasis on that. We're going to see that as we look at various passages that talk about this word. It's a word that also uh, uh, is fitting to describe certain uh, aspects of Uh, the exhortations of God to us in the Old Testament, and we'll be looking at some Old Testament passages as well in this regard. 
But the problem with uh, the, uh, our lives here, of course, is that we have many trials, we have many temptations that we have to endure, many difficulties that we have to go through in this life. And besides the trials and temptations which beset us throughout our lives here, there is also the uh, promise of inheritance and the fulfillment of our hopes for which we have to wait. Because uh, we can't have everything that God has promised immediately. So there's these two difficulties, I guess you could say, in life. The one is all the problems that we face, and the other is the desire to receive the blessings that God has promised to us, and the fact that we can't have all those blessings right enough, uh, right away. And so we, we need patience in, in both of these things. Patience in the sense of enduring uh, through trials and temptations, but patience also in not losing hope in the fulfillment of the promises, in the coming of the fullness of God's blessings. And as we then look at these uh, scripture passages now, we should notice how these two things come out. Let's look first at 2 Corinthians 1, verse 6. Here the Apostle Paul is uh, exhorting the Christians to receive comfort, and he says in verse 6, Now we, if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring, there's our word, the same sufferings which we also suffer. There's enduring suffering. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. In Romans 12, we have another uh, passage that, speaks of this virtue, where he says, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. There the word is translated as patient, in fact. 2 Timothy 2, verses 10 to 12. Therefore, Paul says, I endure there's our word, all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, there's the word again, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. And he's obviously talking about adverse circumstances when he talks about his own endurance and their endurance. But he points them also to their hope. We shall also reign with him if we endure. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 32 is another verse that talks about patience. But recall the former days in which, after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. But more importantly, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, really the first 11 verses of that chapter are all about this virtue of endurance or patience. But let's just 
pick out a couple of verses here. Instead of reading the whole passage, you can read the whole passage for yourself because it is a very important passage here. But look at what he says in verse 2 first. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has set down, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. But notice there again that the two elements that we talked about, the focus on hope as well as the focus on adverse circumstances are there, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And again in verse 3, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. There you have the opposite of patience, being weary and discouraged in our souls. And finally in verse 7, If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? And notice that the apostle is talking there to Christians in persecution, and he's encouraging them to endure and to be patient. And then he switches in verse 7 to the word chastening. If you endure chastening, look at this, then he says, as the chastening of God, it will help you to endure. You will understand that this is the exercise of a father's love towards you. What son is there whom a father does not chasten? James 1 verse 12, or verse 12 also uses this word. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And finally, 1 Peter 2, verse 20. Another important verse here, because Peter brings in yet another element, another aspect of this whole matter of patience. What credit is it if, when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. And then in Romans chapter 5, Paul also says that tribulation works patience. So you see the different translations. You see also the different focuses on, on hope as well as endurance of adverse circumstances. The scriptures call us then to be patient in the Old Testament, one of the ways in which this idea of patience is uh, explained to us is by the exhortation to wait for the Lord, uh, an expression that you find frequently in the Psalms. I won't refer you to all the different psalms. Again, you can look some of those up for yourself. But there's one psalm in particular, I think, that we should refer to, and that's Psalm 25, because the word occurs three times there in Psalm 25. The first time is in uh, verse 3. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those who deal treacherously without let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. And by shame here he means uh, being frustrated in one's desires, being disappointed in one's hopes. Let no one who waits on you be ashamed. 
Then it occurs again in verse 5, Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. And then finally, again in verse 21, Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. There's one other verse, perhaps, in the Psalms that it would be worthwhile referring to because it's uh, the word occurs twice in this verse. 27, verse 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So this waiting on the Lord, and of course this waiting on the Lord is a waiting for deliverance from the troubles of life, but it's a waiting also for the fulfillment of his promises, the blessings that are still to be given us in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, so when we think about uh, endurance or patience in that kind of way, in those connection with those scriptural passages, I think that we see uh, three kinds of, of things that belong to this. First of all, there is a waiting to take action, a refraining from hasty or impulsive behavior, a refusal to act apart from the commandments of God and from uh, understanding and understanding that we are can do the will of God. Perhaps a negative example of this failure of patience is uh, Moses in Egypt when he killed the Egyptian. I think Moses was very eager to see his people delivered from the oppression in Egypt, but he failed to wait for the Lord. He was impatient. He did was not willing that his people should continue to endure longer. And he wanted to take action, and he jumped ahead of the Lord. And he killed the Egyptian, and as a result, he was forced to go out of Egypt, and remained out of Egypt, therefore, for 40 years. So he was not patient in that sense. He acted impulsively. He acted without proper restraint, and he got ahead of the Lord. This is part of this endurance, part of this patience, waiting to make sure before we act, that we are acting according to the Lord's will. And that will is expressed in his commandments, especially. But there are, of course, other things also expressed in that, especially in the words persevere or endure. And that means continuing in faith first. That is, in all these adverse circumstances, believing still that God is there and that God is caring for us. Not giving up faith because it seems to us that God delays our deliverance. It's a continuance in the second place of hope. That is, believing that his promises are sure and that they will be fulfilled. That is, not falling into despair. So the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4 says, And not only that, 
But we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And in 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 3, the apostle says this, remembering without ceasing, he remembers without ceasing, your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. There is a patience of hope. We hope and we wait patiently for the hope to be fulfilled. And finally, then, there is also the element of continuing in obedience to God while we wait. This comes out, I think, in Luke chapter 8, verse 15, where our Lord Jesus Christ is explaining the parable of the sower to his disciples, and he says, But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Bearing fruit with patience, that's a very important part of this patience, continuing in obedience. Not a passive obedience either, but an active obedience of loving God and loving the neighbor, as he has said. You find it also in Romans chapter 2, verse 7, eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. And also in Matthew 10, verse 22, and you will be hated by all for my namesake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. And that phrase endures to the end suggests also, doesn't it, the idea of continuing in obedience and in hope. When they persecute you in this city, he says, flee to another. For assuredly, I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. So he, sa he says to his apostles here, if they persecute you in one city, uh, don't quit preaching. Don't stop obeying my command to preach the gospel. Just move on to the next city. Continue. This is part of your patience. He who endures to the end shall be saved. And all of this, then, while suffering continues. It's patience in suffering. And that patience is, as we've seen, not acting impulsively, continuing in faith, continuing in hope, and continuing in obedience. All of those things belong then to this idea of perseverance or patience. Now it may sound sometimes as if this patience is simply a stoic kind of enduring, and that is not the case. If we turn to Romans 8, verses 24 and 25, the Apostle Paul talks about it. And he's, uh, he shows us that this is not just a kind of stoic endurance. 
We were saved, he says, in this hope, that is the hope of the redemption of our body. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? That is, if you see a thing, then you no longer hope for it. You have it. It's there for you. Hope is in things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is what the Apostle's talking about here. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. So there is a patient endurance, but not a stoic endurance, because that patient endurance has hope. And there is eagerness in that hope. There's a a longing for that hope to be fulfilled. There's a passionate seeking after the fulfillment of that hope. And so patience is much more than just plodding along from day to day, day after day, and taking the attitude, well, that's the way things are. Faith uh, and hope and patience involve an eager seeking after the things that God has promised. So I think that kind of gives us a a scriptural picture of what this patience or endurance is all about. There are a couple of other things that we should notice about it. First of all, it is a gift of God. Very important idea. We can do nothing without Christ, and we we cannot be patient, we cannot endure without his help. And so the Apostle Paul blesses the Roman Christians in Romans 15, verse 5, with these words, Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the God of patience and comfort. That is, he is the God who gives patience and comfort to those who ask them from him. These are his gift. We should also note that there, there, there is a connection of patience with self-control, the last of the virtues that Peter mentioned in this list. And that is that uh, self-control, uh, patience requires restraining the desire to do something before the right time has come. And restraining sometimes the impulse to give up or to become rebellious or to uh, cease believing in the promises of God, to despair or whatever it is. There has to be self-control, also a gift of God, for patience to be exercised, especially when the circumstances are uh, very uh, grievous indeed, as Job's were, for example. And it's to Job, then, that we're going to turn for our final examples here. But there are a couple of others that we want to refer to first of all. Um, The first one of those is David. In 2 Samuel 16, verses 10 to 13, And the circumstances here were that Absalom had um, staged a coup and David had to flee from the city of Jerusalem. And while he's fleeing from the city of Jerusalem, 
one of the relatives of Saul, the king before David, whom David had displaced, uh, goes alongside of David and curses him as he goes. And Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Please let me go over and take off his head. So Abishai is very willing to execute Shimei right there and then. But the king said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zeruiah? So let him curse, because the Lord has said to him, Curse David. Who then shall say, Why have you done so? And David said to Abishai and all his servants, See how my son, who came from my own body, seeks my life. How much more now may this Benjamite let him alone and let him curse? For so the Lord has ordered him. It may be that the Lord will look on my affliction and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing this day. That passage doesn't mention the idea of patience or long-suffering, but I think you see both things there. First of all, there's David's long-suffering towards Shimei. Shimei is cursing the Lord's anointed, remember, and later on David will say to Solomon, don't let his gray hairs go to the grave in peace. You have to make sure that he is executed for that sin that he committed against me. But here and now, David says, I must endure. I must be long-suffering. And that's undoubtedly because of the difficult circumstances in which he found himself. So there's that element of long-suffering with Shimei. But there's also a focus on the Lord here, and that's important. Let him alone and let him curse, for so the Lord has ordered him. The Lord said to him, curse David. This was in the eternal counsel of God. I can see this, David says, as the hand of God against me. For whatever reason, and David perhaps didn't understand the reason, but for whatever reason, the Lord was doing this to him through Shimei. And David says, I need to endure this because of what the Lord is doing. Now, perhaps we might argue that David was somewhat mistaken there, that he should not have excused or almost excused Shimei on the grounds that this was in the counsel of God, that God had said to him, curse David. Shimei definitely sinned in that, and uh, it was David's job as king of Israel to do something about some of these things. So maybe David was a little bit in the wrong here, but nevertheless, He's seeing this as chastening from the hand of the Lord, and he is therefore enduring patiently for that reason. Notice, too, that hope is not absent from his thinking here. It may be that the Lord will look on my affliction and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing this day. Let's turn then to James chapter 5. And we're particularly interested here in two verses. The first is verse 10, and the second verse 11. My brethren, James says, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. And the word for patience there in verse 10 is the word makrothumia, that is long-suffering. Take the prophets as an example of suffering and long-suffering. 
And I think the point that he's making here, because he uses that word suffering, is that the prophets suffered often at the hands of the people to whom they were bringing the Lord's word. Think, for example, of Jeremiah. He's probably the preeminent Old Testament example of a prophet suffering in this way. He had to be patient, long-suffering towards the people who were persecuting him, towards the king of Judah, and towards the princes of Judah, and towards the people themselves who not only refused to listen to his word, but lied to him and uh, refuted his words, or tried to refute his words, and rejected him. They did not want anything at all to do with him. He lived an isolated, lonely, suffering life because of the word which he had to bring to the people of God. He had to be long-suffering towards them. So that's the patience that verse 10 talks about. But in verse 11, talks about the uh, other side of patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. That's the other word, the word we've been talking about all through this lesson. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Job endured. Job did not give up his faith as he was enduring the heavy trials that the Lord had sent on him. Job did not give up obedience while he was enduring those heavy trials. He said in the midst of those trials, I know that my Redeemer lives. He continued to believe in the Lord. He continued to trust in the Lord. Now, it doesn't mean he was without sin. He charged God foolishly when he said God had wronged him and other things of that sort. But he nevertheless persisted in faith. He persisted in hope. He persisted in in obedience, and he refused to uh, take precipitate action uh, uh, in the circumstances. He waited for the Lord to come to deliver him. So there was endurance, there was patience there with Job. I think we could say there was patience in a certain measure with his friends, although he certainly showed some anger with his friends when he accused them of being useless physicians and speaking folly and so on. But especially what James has in mind is his patience in the circumstances, his persistence in faith and hope and obedience. But also, notice how James brings out and emphasizes for us the element of hope. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Don't forget, James says, in your patient endurance, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. This will assist you in dealing with these adverse circumstances in your life. So I think that's where we are then with the, the virtue of patience. If I may sum up a moment then, it's not taking precipitate action, not acting too hastily. It's uh, continuing in faith and continuing in hope and continuing in obedience. All of these belong to this virtue of endurance or patience. 
as Peter has it here. And the way to nurture that uh, patience is through tribulation, through practice of the virtues, and then through praying to God and seeking him by means of his word, the preaching of the gospel and the study of the scriptures. It is a grace of God, and we look to God to nurture and build up this grace in us. May God bless you with his word.